0: Just like that, the final hour is here for the Monday edition of Hot Mile with Hutton and Withrow here on the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us as we broadcast from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in 20 minutes, Petros Papadakis joins us, Fox Sports college football analyst, a solid radio host as well, joins us from Los Angeles. We'll we'll ask what has happened to USC, defensively especially, uh, given the performance that we've seen. Throughout the season, trying to run it back with a Heisman campaign for Caleb Williams and for Saturday night to happen against Notre Dame. Tough. Boat raced. Props to the Irish. Trojans moving forward with Lincoln Riley. And Caleb Williams and his father saying, uh, maybe, we, maybe we don't t- just dive in. Maybe we come to the back. Maybe, maybe we, we make a little back.
1: NIL money. Got all that. Out. What is it? It's uh, United? United? United Airlines Oh, he's is got. The that. One he's he's got, got. Is it Delta or United?
0: I think it's United. De- uh, neutrogen several, several.
1: He's getting it done. We'll also um, ask Petros to rank former USC football players turned media members <laughs> in order. And, yes, uh,
0: in order. It's going to be a fight between him and Matt Liner at the top, I think. Chad, will fans put up a fight, NFL fans, put up a fight if the league tries to stage... The Super Bowl or in fact books a future Super Bowl in London because I say yes absolutely it's been 16 seasons now where we have seen the NFL put games over uh, in the UK and all of a sudden you've got Goodell who is trying to push the narrative of a Super Bowl this has been a rumbling for a couple of seasons and I have long said, I, I think with Roger Goodell, who continues to make 40 plus million, he's making the, the type of money that we're seeing from Jonathan Taylor. Goodell makes that annually, of Taylor's contract extension for three-plus years in Indianapolis over the course and life of that contract now. Uh, he's got everything he needs to step away and say, I'm leaving this better than when I found it. Where, whenever he took over, there was a lot of off the field issues, uh, more than just speeding, there was a lot of things going on throughout the league. And he tried to be the judge, jury, and executioner and became that. The players gave him that power, quite frankly. Beyond that, though, what's his legacy? I believe, Chad, he wants his legacy to be the expansion of London, UK. Uh, uh, just the international brand of the National Football League. Regular season games in Germany. They've tried for years. They haven't been able to pull it off consistently to be in Mexico City. Uh, They can play a game in Canada if they so choose. And elsewhere. But these aren't preseason games we're talking about. Regular season games where the owners are all saying, yeah, we'll put us in rotation. Some will volunteer more than once. Jacksonville. But this is just a nudge for him in a way that certainly I mean, it speaks volumes for where he wants to take it, and there's no secret that the owners want to take it there too.
1: This, though, the, the idea of a Super Bowl in London is, to me, pathetic because I equate it to, first off, it's not even their football. This is American football. They have a different form of football. Now think of British form of football, What if the English Premier League played their championship match in New York City? It's never going to happen. They have more pride than that in in England. We we should have more pride than that in America, especially our version of football. The London series is one thing. Bringing games over there, that's kind of a flex, right? That's going over there, playing a different form of football and selling out stadiums with actual NFL fans in the UK filling up the house for those games. This is a pathetic move. The Super Bowl is to be played in the United States of America and nowhere else. I am adamantly opposed to any idea of this happening. International series, fine. Get more money internationally, whatever. Taking a Super Bowl, I would just reverse the question, and pose it with any other major sport that's based in another country. Are they taking the premier event, not some friendly, where they come over and play an MLS team, one of the top clubs in Europe. I'm talking about the premier event of that country's sport. Are they bringing it to the United States of America? The answer is hell no. And the answer to should America or should the NFL take the Super Bowl out of America
0: is also hell no. Well, logistically, it's not going to make a ton of sense. Five hours ahead from the East Coast, and at what time are you going to kick off the game, for instance? Uh, just all, all the logistics of what that would entail. But beyond that, I don't think the NFL is taking the Super Bowl there as a one-off. And there's, it can't happen for the next three years plus, based on how they have this laid out. But there's no secret to the fact that, and he said this 2018-2017, it was 2018 because we uh, I was on the. We were in London for the international we series for uh, Titans Chargers, and he said that season, he wants a Europe division. He was put a division in Europe. There's also no secret to the fact that next year they're trying to put games in Spain and Brazil for the regular season. This would be a Super Bowl in an NFL market. This would not be the the top brands. Uh, uh, internationally for soccer, playing their championship game in America and not having a team. I think the NFL wants to put a team in London. And by doing so, that would fall into the parameters of what they've done. They host the game in NFL cities and they want to have NFL cities in Europe.
1: Well, and what Roger Goodell wants to do and what the owners want to do, maybe two different things because Roger Goodell works for the owners. I would be curious to see if that's what every owner would want. If they want a European division, if they want to add European money into it and add ownership of teams there or just keep it in the U.S. They got a pretty sweet deal going right now. I don't know there's a lot they need to change with the NFL. But they keep
0: adding games. It though. is
1: ambitious. I mean, if there's a European division in the NFL, then sure, one of those teams should host a Super Bowl as a member of the league and someone that's hosting games there anyway. But right now, I, I do not like well, this idea at all.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's, it won't happen. Uh, with the, just the idea that it's just a oh we're going to London to, to play for the for, for any random reason, I think this would be in 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 part of this unveiling of however many teams they want. they need more than one, and the division is I think down the road several years, but can you put two franchises there in an expansion? You could, and then what you do is you host, they you travel and you when you're in the states. You're here for two weeks. You basically do it the way the Jaguars did it. I think that could also be a, a, a trial run for a franchise, by the way, of what Jacksonville just did. They stayed over for two straight weeks, won both games, came back without a bye, and won another one in the division. Um, and they'll probably run it back again next year with the same franchise because Jacksonville's willing to do it because they want to move there. And, and that's that, that would be the argument. It's like, how do you do it based on the training of the – The Titans are going like 48 hours for the game to play, and they're flying back. They get back around midnight last night. Like It's just a a back and forth that maybe the trip ends up being faster than even what it is right now with the flights. I'm intrigued by it. I I think they're going to force the issue on it.
1: Let's allow Jacksonville to do it. Go ahead. You can be the test dummy. Sure, go. Let's do that. Let's start with them before we expand.
0: Well, they are the test dummy already.
1: Well, I'm saying full on. Well, let's, they need two
0: teams to make it Let's happen. get out of
1: North Florida. Let, let's go to London. Just go ahead and tell us how it is, and we no, can the, all feel it out and see how the a real team question, over there full-time
0: is. The real question is, at what point do they expand and put some of these uh, international cities for preseason? And what do the players get in return for playing those games? A.K.A. Saudi. Because that's where the money comes in. You want to talk about regular season finance? Oh, man. I you want to stage a game there?
1: I pity the country that thinks that's an important deal a preseason nfl game with literally no one you're ever going to see on your television playing in the game no, they, the majority would, of snaps
0: I, no i'm saying that they would have to pay the players to guarantee their playing more and you would have some guys that would step up and do that <laughs> i mean they could pay uh mahomes his annual salary for a preseason performance they pay vince mcmahon 50 million for a pay-per-view annually
1: good for them if they think that it's uh, worthy of bringing an event there I'm just I, I would just want a regular season game I mean if you've got all the money in the world then go ahead and, and get that Germany game over to Riyadh if you really want to sports wash everything the way everybody claims they are go ahead and spend the money to do that I, I would not mess around with a, a preseason game but that's my lack well, they of interest they, in the NFL I,
0: preseason well I don't think they care about the preseason they care about the validation and it, you have the NFL brand and some of the biggest stars. They're not going to send Jacksonville uh, in the preseason game against, uh, I don't know, uh, Cincinnati. Or not even Cincinnati now. Small market, Atlanta. No, you're going to end up with Cincinnati. Burrow against you know, Jalen Hurts in the preseason. Saudi Bowl. That's it. This is also part of that, Chad. We're talking about Brazil, Spain. At some point... You go from the regular season and back it up some, and go to the preseason. If you're not going to put a division over there, you're going to make the type of money that they're talking about, and why they're considering the division.
1: Yeah, no one's going close to that region right now, though. That's for sure. With any events,
0: well, <laughs> it's it's I mean, maybe it, one day, but not right now. You can get the uh, you can get anyone's attention with the the millions upon millions. Um, Chad, <laughs> the. The NFL this year, scoring's way down through six games. And now we don't even have an unbeaten team. Both unbeatens fall yesterday. And so going into week seven, you have every team with at least one loss. And that is unusual. Last year, the Eagles went all the way through week 10 before they suffered their first loss. Year before that, Arizona with Kyler Murray didn't lose a game until week eight or week nine. And then in 2020, it was Pittsburgh, who went 13 or 12 games week 13 before they suffered their first loss uh, against Baltimore.
1: And... Was that the COVID year?
0: Yeah. Because didn't that COVID game year. happen
1: on like a Tuesday afternoon? I swear I Did. can remember Pittsburgh losing in the first time late in the year and it was like a Wednesday at 3 o'clock because of all those delays I that happened that right. year. I think
0: you're right, yeah. I think, yeah. Remember didn't the
1: Titans host the Bills on Tuesday
0: night? Well, and they lost. Yeah, they did. That yeah, the Titans hosted the Bills yeah, for Monday night or Sunday
1: limited attendance game,
0: and then it, it, and they they were missing players due to everyone in COVID protocol, and then still blew out Buffalo. They wanted to get that game in because the Titans were depleted based on the talent of the roster. You know, yeah, what's you're the, right.
1: You know, what's the most fun about this? Every every time the rite of passage. Every oh, time this year. When the last unbeaten team goes down is the 72 Dolphins popping champagne. I saw so many posts yesterday of that photo of them as old. This is probably from, like, the early 90s. Don Shula's in it, and they're all uh, Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris. They're popping champagne together. People are just posting that over and over after the Eagles lost. I can't get enough of it.
0: Love it. Joe Burrow back. They're, they're winning games. It, Burrow and the offense, not great. They still got a lot of issues to figure out in Cincinnati. Uh, but he's connecting again with Jamar Chase. Chase is wearing the 7-11 necklace because he's always open. Uh, low scoring affair against Seattle, but the Bengals get a big win and they're back to 500. AFC North, wide open. The only division where every team is 500 or better. Baltimore wins a game where they allow the Titans to come back in the second half, still hold on against a bad Titans football team. Pittsburgh had the bye, but they've been winning at a clip that no one saw coming based on the start. And Cleveland's winning with their defense. Cincinnati, too, for that matter. Wide open. And this is the division that could get three in.
1: Well, you called it last week. You were saying that do not sleep on the Bengals just yet. and This was going to be a big test with what they did against Seattle. And they, they won it with defense. I, Joe Burrow still needs to get literally his feet underneath yes. him. Yes. Because he's got uh, a, a wounded limb at this point, and you can still see it as he plays. But the fact that the Cincinnati has recovered well after a rough start, that's encouraging. And they're
0: doing it with defense. Defe- Seattle was held to one touchdown – on five red zone possessions. And they had plenty options in the fourth quarter to go down and get a score. Defense was resilient. That was the story across the league. Uh, Well, we see a defensive battle tonight. Dallas taking on Los Angeles, the Chargers coming off the bye. And uh, with a, a chance now on Monday night to send the national discussion to the NFC and the NFC East with Dallas, possibly losing back-to-back games. Meanwhile, defense was not the case against San Francisco last week. They have a chance to put all the pressure back on uh, Brandon Staley and and company. Uh, We'll make our predictions later in the show. You can make yours now and and hop on to outkick.com slash bet. PointsBet is uh, where to go uh, to place your wager. It's the perfect moment. Here's the big reason why. Exclusively, first-time PointsBet users, this unique offer, PointsBet users... If you're new to sign up at outkick.com slash bet, you can get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. You complete the registration process with PointsBet. You make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. outkick.com slash bet is where to head to snag this offer. I feel pretty good about my, uh, my advice later in the show, later this hour. I'm
1: really uh, really at a loss, Hutton, especially with my wrong team favorite. I'm still sitting on a goose egg for the season uh, after Tennessee beat A&M this past weekend. So NFL bets this weekend, bad. College football bets, pretty good, actually, to start. You've been good on that. I've been good on Friday night and early Saturday session. Then I get a little confident. And it goes downhill in the late afternoon and evening session of college football. But NFL bets have been real bad this year. I need that second chance. I also need you to explain the second chance to me every time.
0: Well, if your first bet that loses, that's when your second chance bets come into play. Up to $1,000 for new users. Not the first one, but Not the, the, sec- fr- the second one. Okay, Second chance. That's a second chance. That's right.
1: I need a third chance. Fourth Coming chance, up,
0: maybe. Petros Papadakis joins us. USC could use a second chance against Notre Dame. What happened to the Trojans? We've got the guy to speak on it next from Fox Sports. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us this afternoon, alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. It's Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network, joined by. Petros Papadakis, who uh, is number one, great dude. Number two, the coolest dude that we know from Los Angeles, Chad, and number three knows USC better than anyone we could have on the show today. Petros, good to have you back on, man. I hope things
2: are well. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be on, and uh, congratulations on all your guys' success with the website and the and uh, the Clay Travis Tornado Empire. No no, no doubt. Uh, yeah, Clay, Clay, we'll let Clay
0: know uh, that you said that and also that he wanted to know or let you know that he said hello uh, earlier. Um, you're always great with Fox and your college football coverage and you know USC well. What the hell happened this past weekend?
2: Well, to be honest, I don't think it was something that was not predictable. You know, I mean, there's a reason. Notre Dame lost by multiple touchdowns at Louisville and they came home and they were favorites. You know, I'm not a big gambling guy. And for so long, you know, I've been calling games since 2004 nationally. And I mean, for the better part of that, you know, a big no, no was to not talk about gambling. You know, Al Michaels would mention a spread and everybody's butthole would clench up, you know, now, (laughs) you know, we, we have our own gambling app. You know so uh you know the but this the spread having notre dame as a favorite you know after losing to louisville and sc is undefeated with a heisman guy you know that that kind of told the tale i i thought and for those of us that are here and you know i guess my perspective is relatively unique because i did a lot of big 12 football when lincoln riley was there i still do a lot of big 12 football and uh I just don't really see much difference from what they were doing at Oklahoma once Bob Stoops left. You know, I think Bob Stoops made him run the ball a little bit in the second half and made him play a little bit more, you know, the the, the word of the day is complimentary football. Uh, but, I mean, I guess the long answer is, guys, I, I wasn't shocked. You know, uh, the backup quarterback at Arizona takes you to the wall at home last week. You know, Colorado makes a a win into a feel like a loss uh, because you refuse to run the ball in the second half and let them, you know, feel good about themselves. Arizona State ran the ball on. I mean, I did Colorado USC last year and we all know how bad Colorado was, but you know what they did They ran the ball, (laughs) you know, Arizona's running like a short side toss play to the weak edge, you know, over and over and over again. You don't stop it. Uh, I think it was kind of predictable. The one thing I thought that was kind of interesting was the way Notre Dame played Caleb Williams. You know, they attacked him certainly on the inside, but on the outside, they kind of slow played him. And, you know, they didn't go upfield and create vertical run lanes for him and really confuse the guy. And uh, my dad said something interesting. He said, it's better to have a super team than a superman. man. And uh, yeah. I think USC has been playing Superman football and they got exposed.
1: So Petros Hutton said that you're the best USC person we've met through clay. I'll have to say Leinert one, a you want B. be, but well, that's still a really different good company <laughs> to put you in. Right. So that's, that's not bad at all,
2: but Chad, um, Chad,
0: I, I don't remember the night we met Leinert. So that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Right.
2: Well, let me be, let me be Frank guys. You know, I played football at USC when we were, we were not good, you know, in that, in those days we had great players. I played with Troy Polamalu and Carson Palmer and, so on and so forth. But uh, we were a team. Our culture was the culture of South Los Angeles. You know, we were guys that shot dice. You know, none of us had sex with a movie star. You know, (laughs) I mean, so we are very different. I did not ever embrace that side of USC. So I'm not like Liner. I don't want to be 1A, 1B or 1 anything. Let's go. (laughs) He's a great TV personality. We just have very different perspectives on our alma mater.
1: We'll, uh, we'll, we'll say that since you're doing the interview with us and not Liner, <laughs> you're definitely one A. M. Yeah. Three or four, so no <laughs> doubt about that. I want to ask you, though, about Caleb Williams, and not necessarily about him right now, but when you see the reports about his dad already saying, hey, we might come back if it's not the right team, and this and that, he's clearly a great talent uh, on the field. What do you see him as
2: in the NFL moving forward? I mean I I think you know being a predictor of quarterback talent you know if you're really good at it you know they pay you millions and millions of dollars a year it's really it's really hard you know some of these guys we see walk through the door and your eyes pop out you know I mean I saw Brock Purdy in college and I liked him a lot you know but you know there's other guys I saw in college and I liked a lot and they get out there and it doesn't look like they know if it's pumped or stuff and I think you know everybody wants to have the right perspective or feel like they know, you know, what a young man's future is going to be. The truth is, you know, especially if you play the sport, football is very circumstantial, you know, and some of the best football players I've ever seen, you know, no one ever saw because of circumstance, you know, a baby's mom or uh drugs or academics or, you know, tragedy, you know, uh Caleb Williams is kind of above that kind of thing. Like it's almost like You know, how can he fail? You know, he goes left and turns his body. And, you know, I mean, he does amazing things. At USC, it's kind of become hero ball, right? They're playing for a Heisman, it feels like. And he's dropping back and tapping the ball and, you know, running all over the place. And that's become their offense. And it's sort of made him predictable and one-dimensional. As far as the NFL is concerned, I I would say the sky's the limit. I mean, his skill set seems to be... You know, really, really, uh, he's got an arsenal of everything you would want. He's got a big, strong body. You can't bring him down easily. He seems like he leads the hell out of the football team. He took the offensive line around all summer and, and winter and shared his NIL money with all those guys. And, you know, he did a lot of good things. You know, it's just such a different world today of college football, as far as these guys making like more money than the coach on the other team. (laughs) And because of that, uh, you know, we're sort of in a, in a brave new world, as far as leverage against the NFL. I mean, and we've seen guys with no leverage like Eli Manning and John Elway, you know, in different generations and a different time, you know, be able to kind of dictate their situation. But, uh, To me, the the kid seems like the gold standard of of quarterbacking. You know, he plays for Lincoln Riley, and Lincoln Riley wants to feature the offense, wants to feature the quarterback above all else. I'm not sure how that really translates to the next level, but, you know, I got nothing bad to say about the kid. I think he's, he's spectacular.
0: It's it's interesting, the timing of of the comments about, well, maybe we'll come back if it's not the right team. Is it just, it, you think they're inferring Arizona? Do you think they're serious? And right now there are five teams with one win. And then, of course, Carolina, who has is winless. Uh, who knows? I, I just don't know if he's serious or not about turning down the opportunity yeah. to make millions.
2: A lot of this stuff, you know, I mean, calling football all these years and being involved in the sport, you know, you really have to change your perspective to to survive. It's adapt or die. You know, I mean, I'm an old school short yardage tailback for God's sakes. You know, it was really hard to stomach targeting calls. You know, and blindside blocks, and you know, crown of the head, and all this shit. You know, it's it's like, you know, that was a tough adjustment. But if you want to work in football, you know, it changes. And you have to be okay with it. Uh, I mean, my general adage when I was a player at SC, if guys would ask me advice about what to do, guys that were going to play at the next level, I would say don't play for free. You know, know, if you don't have to play for free, don't. You know, we have a short shelf life. And, you know, this is a sport that probably wouldn't exist in a perfect world. We're out here wrecking each other. Uh, But that doesn't apply anymore right like he ain't playing for free far right. from it you know and we're still in this brave new world now 10 years from now our guys going to look back on this window in the early 20 2020s and say my god you know there was no cap on what you could get paid and everybody was getting some and it was like the wild west maybe but right now you know I mean, living in L.A., you can get paid playing at SC, I guess, the same as an NFL rookie would. I mean, these guys all want to prove it at the next level, though, too. So you kind of have to measure it out against that. I guess I don't know how serious they are, but it is like an extra element of leverage. And it's another front that the NFL kind of has to, and and they have to fight a battle on. Yeah,
1: Petros, I couldn't help but watch Washington, Oregon, which was a terrific football game and get just a little bit angry and a little bit sad thinking that this is about to be a big 10 rivalry game between these two. What did you think as you watched those two teams?
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I was always just a USC guy. My dad was a a player at SC, my older brother. And, and, and I tried to not to be, I'm a real contrarian, but I, I left Cal and ended up, at. I left Cal in humiliation and ended up at SC. So, uh, It wasn't until I started working, you know, in the media that I really fell in love with the conference, you know, doing the Pac-10 Game of the Week for about 10 years with a great broadcaster named Barry Tompkins, who's the guy who calls the fight in Rocky IV, you know, between Drago and and Rock. The Russian is hurt, uh, is Barry. So, uh, and Barry is an old school Bay Area superstar broadcaster. So, I mean, I really just came to love the places of the conference uh for a long time and uh i think it is sad i think what's interesting is washington oregon is really i mean they played for 100 years but they've only really hated each other with this bloody kind of vendetta uh, oath of death uh that they have and it, that's really been like the last 30 25 years Which is kind of funny, but I mean, I thought it was going to be like the Red River rivalry, you know, like it was last year, just a wild ass game from the start. And it was, you know, Michael Penix is so impressive because unlike Caleb, you know, he doesn't really run around at all. You know, everything's done in the context of the offense and that ball is down the field, like way down the field. And he's got great receivers, great play caller, great head coach. Their defense has improved. And you know you got to love Bo Nix and Franklin and Bucky Irving. I mean, and Oregon is excellent on defense as well. I wish they didn't wear the poop stain unis, but they did. Uh, but either way, yeah. I mean, they're going to play for a long time. I'm really a lot more worried about Wazoo and Oregon State. You know, and what's going to happen with them, uh, and how all this lawsuit stuff shakes out. My God, I went on the radio in Corvallis the other day. And they started yelling at me about antitrust and uh, the the, uh, the Constitution and all these weird legal terms that Clay would know. And it's like, dude, I'm a football analyst. And now I just. Why are they yelling at you about that? I'm not yelling at me, but, you know, we live this every day. And you know, it's just like these macroeconomics that like a college football, like I'm used to saying like, hey, look at this double team, yeah. you know, and it's like, uh, you know, and and and. and ensure- Instead, I'm talking about uh, very different things. So uh, it's uh it's been a wild off season. But yeah, I'm worried about those teams. Washington and Oregon, they're gonna move on to the Big Ten and you know have some long road trips. But I think this West Coast enclave of UCLA, Oregon, Washington, SC, I mean, there'll be some familiarity there and we'll just keep going forward.
0: Always great, man, uh, to have you a part of the show uh, yet again. Keep up the great work. Uh, love what you do on the West Coast. And uh, hopefully you, uh, you'll you like us enough to come back on. Soon. I love you guys.
2: There and, we go. Uh, th- have fun at the next big party in Hollywood with Leinert and Sanchez and all the cool guys. You can tell them you talked to the grumpy old troll under the bridge.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, We'll join you there, too.
2: Uh,
0: uh, <laughs>
1: We're we'll, we'll telling them day, you're man. definitely better than all of those guys. So yeah,
2: because right. yeah. hey, nobody nobody calls a freaking Mountain West game at midnight like me, baby. Let's go. <laughs> We're up late with you. Thanks, oh, nice,
0: man. Good night. Stay tuned. A lot more coming right here, Hot Mike with Under Withrow across the Outkick Network. And Chad uh, Petro saying there, uh, USC and uh, the craziness uh, of that final score and that, the overall the three interceptions the first half for Caleb Williams. He drops uh, all the way to fourth in the, or fifth, excuse me, the odds for the Heisman Trophy favorite to plus 1,200 now. Favorite is, of course, Michael Penix Jr., minus 150 after the weekend. He
1: should probably drop lower than that, honestly. Um, love Petros. Definitely not a troll under the bridge, no. the way he claimed. Um, but he definitely, owns it is. Definitely lower than Leinert, though, on the power rankings, even though i uh, Flattered him there on that one. Second in Great, the
0: odds, by the way. JJ McCarthy at Michigan. No, he
1: is the one to me that we got to start taking seriously.
0: Well, let's discuss that. Based up.
1: on what Michigan's doing, what he's doing, that's that's the fast
0: riser. Let's discuss though, and you're right. The numbers are exceptional. And well, best
1: player on the best team right now. And that Alabama learn
0: that gets you the Heisman a lot of years. He's getting serious with the recognition on the odds, and he'll get plenty of recognition late on votes if they keep up what they're doing. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer and old smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Fast-paced show today, Monday edition. They always fly by in football season. Football ratings, season gets it done. Ratings continue to get it done as well. Gets it done. Our offense may not be up in the NFL, but uh, ratings, uh, the networks love it. And not just because of Taylor Swift. Um, I did see the uh, SNL um, parody of Taylor oh, what
1: do Swift they coverage. what they they uh, lampooned Fox Sports, the studio show. Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long. And it was pretty funny. They just turned them all into huge Swifties. And they were arguing over who's the biggest Taylor Swift fan. Yeah. Michael Strahan, everyone in studio. <laughs> Basically what it. happened. And then they said, now we're going to go live to someone who just wants to talk about football. And not Taylor Swift. And it was Travis Kelsey. That was on the field. And he said, he didn't even say anything. He's just like waiting to talk, and then they went to break.
0: Isn't it interesting? It's like sports is an escape, and it, it can't be until it absolutely is because people are clamoring for it, which is Taylor Swift, Kelsey, but also Deion Sanders. You know, the algorithms. It, anytime you mention Colorado or Dion or whatever, you go to the front of the line. So uh, it was more about <laughs> that than it was anything else and any narrative people were pushing.
1: I wonder if that changes now with some of their recent problems. Um, I always think back to just like sports in the greater context. I'm going to get a little deep here, I think, but remember COVID (laughs) does everyone remember that time in our lives?
0: I hate thinking about it and what sports, and I,
1: I, I said this before I watched this, the morning show on Apple TV and they had this whole episode about what everyone was doing during COVID. And it really bothered me just even watching it and thinking about that time. But remember when the last dance aired during COVID? We're coming out of it. And then sports started happening. And at the time, I think it was Major League Baseball with no fans at all. And we were just so enamored with watching sports again. It is the great release and escape from so many things. Yes. So many more serious things that go on in the world that, thank God for them. Man, thank God for sports. I think about that during that time, now at all times. Mondays during football season, thank God for sports.
0: And it's the one area, really, too, because I think concerts also factor into this uh, with uh, music because a lot of the artists that you'll go watch uh, you certainly don't want to, you, and, uh, if, especially for me, I, I can raise my hand on this, too. I'm guilty of it. You, I don't listen to the lyrics if there's a great you know, uh, soundtrack to whatever the, the moment is in a bar or yeah, pregame warm-ups, whatever. Uh, and, you know, the artists that'll certainly uh, voice their opinion, I don't always back. But that's the beauty of it. and That's certainly the case with the NFL, uh, with baseball, or any of these uh, athletes that you're going to support. Sports and music are the two areas where you can go watch in person and you don't give a damn about who you're sitting next to. Right? Like, you're there, and you're it's an escape. We get the the benefit of being able to work in the playground of life. Yeah. And I'm not going to let anyone mess with the playground of life. Sorry. Never,
1: never. And nor should and, you and ever apologize for that.
0: greatness over the fact that the NFL is talking about taking the Super Bowl to London, be pissed off about anyone that's trying to inject politics into sports and, and, and doing it ahead of time, trying to do it on purpose to stir up conversation and push a narrative instead of just letting sports be sports in any possible way too.
1: It happens so many different ways. So be, be wary. Uh, and by the way, when that. sports
0: are sports, the ratings are up. You know what else about sports? And millions, billions are being spent on you that. You
1: know what else about sports? Something that's great. And I know you know this. I watched Remember the Titans with uh, my eight year old over the weekend. had never or, seen it. She it, had never uh, seen it. Okay. Watch Remember the Titans. She knows very little about football. Play softball. Knows about that game.
0: But Coach Boone. Knows
1: very little about football. But watches this movie. And absolutely loves it. Why? That movie is about unification. It's about uniting people, not dividing. It's about high school kids bringing adults together, bringing a town together. It is a terrific story. Well made. Denzel Washington, terrific as always. Um, Love that movie. But a great reminder that, man, sports are... Just really damn cool.
0: Well, then you turn it off. Glad to get to talk about it right here on Outkick Hot Mike every yeah, day. That's right. And uh, uh, again, like we, we're never going to read off a prompter. No, uh, and and push a narrative that we don't uh, believe in. Uh, and a narrative is something we would believe in. We're, uh, it's opinion. It's uh, personal belief. Uh, not the narratives. Far too many narratives. So oh. many narratives. There are so many narratives. There absolutely are uh, until it's game time. And then it's all about the sports aspect of it. But, you know, instead of, oh, how many people... Uh, it, it, Chad and I were against this at the time and, and were vocal about it, taking the knee for the national anthem. Now it's about, oh, if you're standing for the anthem, are you singing with the anthem? You know, who's... Yeah. Uh, come on.
1: Well, if you're allowing one protest, you're allowing another protest, you're doing this protest, you're doing that. I mean, just... right.
0: Yeah, it just... It, it's the, the NHL has... It sounds like... They've had some common sense with all of these specialty nights in the promotion. Instead of trying to sell a jersey, realize that the, you know, not all of your players want to come out in a pride night warm-up. Or there's not many people that are going to, uh, in fact, I don't know of any, uh, that are going to be anti-cancer. or or, or Anti-cancer night uh, for for the NHL. You know, the, the, the pink initiative that we'll see. In the NFL, not too many. You're not going to find backlash over that.
1: There, that, are, still there, things there, are, there are things that where you one can everyone can, can come together. What I hate—hate's uh, a strong word. Go ahead. What I really dislike is hypocrisy. But more than hypocrisy is the inability to recognize one's own hypocrisy. Yes. There are times that I'm a hypocrite about things, but I can acknowledge them in my own mind. Because I like to think of myself as self-aware. Can I be better at that? Absolutely. Just like everyone can. But I like to point out my own hypocrisy when there's times to do that. I cannot stand when people are so pious and so believing in their own way of thinking and their own way of doing that they cannot acknowledge their own hypocrisy. Happens far too often. Well said. Got to get over that. We got to get over that. And then we wouldn't have a lot of these things happening.
0: Chad, it would be hypocritical of us to not mention that our predictions for the NFL, uh, our bets oh, have not I'm... have not ended well so far. Let uh, me be the first to raise my hand and say, go ahead. If you've taken any of my
1: betting advice at all this year, I want to be the first to not be a hypocrite and acknowledge where I have been wrong. And it's in virtually every bet that I've asked you to make this year. I have sucked predicting games terribly. But tonight, I'm not going to be a phony. I'm not going to be a fake. I'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I'm not going to tell you one thing. I'm not going to say I'm anti this while also promoting being pro this in the same vein. None of that. I'm going to be 100,000% real with you right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for leading you astray with all of my bets all year. I'm sorry that I'm the only one in this damn competition of the wrong team favored to not score a single damn point all year. My sincerest apologies. I'll be better,
0: Chad. I m- will try to be Let me pick better. up where Chad should be. I'm not it up doing right it now.
1: on purpose. This is what I think will happen. Great at reacting. I've said this constantly. Great at reacting, Chad Withrow. Terrible at predicting. So let's go ahead and predict well, now. No, Bob. no, hang on. You're, let's
0: predict. I need hang on. I need let's to get out of the way. I need to speak on your let's behalf Give me another here. loser. What he also gave us was Michael Penix Jr. winning the Heisman. A futures prop bet. That will pay off in mega fashion and actually have Chad winning money at the end of the college football season. Oh, I failed
1: to bet on it. I told everyone to do it, but I didn't do it. But yeah, yeah, I should have
0: done it. You would end up making money over all the losses when it's all said and done based on that prediction and uh, seeing the future the way you did. Chad wishes he saw the future in some of the other bets. I do too, by the way. Uh, Points bet, see the future with us. We're the future tonight. We're winning. Points bet. Uh, you can join us, outkick.com slash bet. The perfect moment, exclusively first time points bet users grab this unique offer. Right now, new points bet users get up to $1,000 in second chance bets. Your first bet doesn't go as planned. PointsBet has your back with a second chance. Get this offer by visiting outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet. Complete the registration process with PointsBet. You make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, that's when your second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Outkick.com slash bet is where you go to snag this offer. Cowboys and Chargers in Los Angeles for Monday Night Football. Right now, the Cowboys favored by a point and a half on the road. Chargers coming off their bye, and the Cowboys coming off a beatdown in San Francisco. Back-to-back road trips.
1: I am going with Cowboys. I think they get it done tonight, Hutton. I'm so beaten. I'm so beaten with all
0: these. I just let's get it over with. So Cowboys, the, there's one prop bet I like for Dallas, and that's Tony Pollard over 66 and a half rushing yards, minus 120 on the return. By listen the way, listen to Hutton, everyone. He knows. Take the over in this. Uh, he's gone over the number of 66 and a half in three straight games. Uh, that's even against San Francisco's defense, and that is tonight against the Chargers' defense. I like the over point total in the game, which is over under 51 points. I know the the under's been the play in the NFL. Not all of them. I think the Chargers will actually score some points tonight, believe it or not. And if I'm believing that, I think Dallas will too, based on that awful defense for Los Angeles. I'm taking the over 51 and over 66 and a half yards for Tony Pollard. And I'm even throwing in, I'm taking the money line on the Chargers. Just how the season has been, and especially week six, Uh, normally I'm with you, Chad. I'm taking Dallas, but that's not how this week has gone. And Kellen Moore, you you laughed at this, but he's facing his former team. It's the offensive coordinator revenge game tonight. It's a big revenge game. And I like Justin Herbert more than I like Dak Prescott.
1: I am. Uh, I'm doing everything you just said, Hutton. Okay. <laughs> except, 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 I'm, I'm going charges. Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, I'm going That's Cowboys fair. money line. Uh, so if they win by one, I'm covered. Also, but you said over 66 and a half. That's what I have. Sixty six.
0: And um. And and I'm also taking the over fifty one points. Okay. 66 and I'm and a half yards for Tony Pollard.
1: You know what? It's it's time to win. It's finally time to win for me. For everyone.
0: Mac Jones did not allow uh, betters to win. He's costing more than just uh, you know one week. I'm sure with some of the numbers that have been out there for New England, uh, he's got a, a great throw. By the way, uh, to Devontae Parker who just drops it. He's got two defenders in the proximity, and he drops the pass exactly where the ball needs to be, and Parker ends up dropping the perfect teardrop right into the bucket. But he took a safety to end the Patriots' chances of winning. And then if you're looking to cover for New England, that's not the way to do it uh, for all the sports betters. If you had the Patriots getting three points, you didn't like the fact that they initially took the safety on purpose in order to allow them to get the ball and potentially get a stop and get it back for the win.
1: I really do wonder, you know, Malik Cunningham now, what does that mean for the Patriots? How much longer is this going to go on? Or is it just ride it out until the end and hope Mac Jones gets better? Because Jones Jones
0: was pretty good yesterday. He's I mean, okay. Well I say he took it a purse. They they got backed up and uh Crosby ends up getting the sack uh with with Jones. I he was not the reason why they lost. Even in a week where he's throwing the ball well his receivers aren't catching the football. Meanwhile, across on the other side of things, um, you, you have, uh, the, the Raiders who are putting up numbers, uh, against Belichick, including Josh McDaniels, who is now three and O for his career, two and O in the last two years against the, the goat doesn't happen often. Because the previous coach to have that type of, uh, start as a head coach against Belichick that coached for Belichick was Dave Wanstead. Ooh. It's been a while. Not good. If you're one of the other coaches who he brought back for maybe to call plays for Mac Jones, you didn't have a very good record head-to-head against Bill Belichick. Now's the time to get him. Take Hutt, advantage. Hutt,
1: that was three hours we just did. Three full hours of programming live
0: live stream you're welcome everybody see it on demand right now on youtube we'll be right back tomorrow with more three hours
1: every day